You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's talk Kirk Cousins. Take you across the league with Jared Dubin from CBSSports.com. Jared, thanks so much for taking the time. What's your assessment of Cousins? When a team, be it Minnesota, the New York Jets, whomever else, signs him to the mega deal, what are they getting? How good of a quarterback do you think beyond the stats Kirk Cousins is? I think a lot of that depends which team he winds up with. You know, a lot of it is going to depend on the infrastructure that he has around him. I think we've seen that when he gets really good protection and when his receivers are on the field, that he's capable of being one of the better quarterbacks in the league. When he doesn't have that protection and when he doesn't have his full complement of receivers and even, you know, the running backs at times, then obviously he doesn't look as good. That's true of pretty much every quarterback in the league. But there are some that can sort of transcend the context that they have. I don't know if he's that kind of player, but I think if you drop him into Minnesota where they have those two really good receivers, they have a really good tight end in Kyle Rudolph, they have running backs coming back in, uh, in Dalvin Cook when he comes back from injury, and then Latavius Murray as well. I think he would look really good there as long as they get him some help along the front of the offensive line, you know, whether it's in the draft or free agency. You drop him with the Jets, you know, they do have a couple good receivers. They don't really have that tight end. They don't have the offensive line right now. They don't really know who their running back is. I don't think he would look quite as good there. You know, he'd make a whole lot of money, supposedly $60 million in that first year. Maybe it's worth it, but I think he would be a much better fit for Minnesota. Jerry, when you mentioned uh, a team like the Minnesota Vikings, uh, we saw how well they played, let's just say, without the star power at that position with, with Case Keenum coming in and, and playing really well, going 11-3 and as a starter on this football team and was a big part of their success. But when you look at Kirk Cousins, this team is so good that they don't need a guy that has to come in and get a mega, have mega bucks coming into this, to its pockets. All they need is a guy that can come in and just be serviceable, but good when they need him to be. And my question is, do you think Kirk Cousins, who I think is at the middle, in the middle of the pack of all quarterbacks in the National Football League, do you think he's worthy of getting that type of money, which could be something like what we've seen of Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know that I think he is. I mean, it's basically just a matter of luck with quarterback contracts at this point when you come up for your deal. If you're a starter-quality quarterback at this point, it seems like you just get the biggest deal in NFL history as long as you're up for free agency at the right time. And he happens to be hitting free agency at the exact right time with a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks and the cap going up like $10 million a year. And his team has already found its quarterback for the next few years in Alex Smith. So... Whether we think he's worth it or not, he's going to get that huge deal. And, and I think you're right. You know, Minnesota has shown that they can do really well with a quarterback, like you said, is, is not necessarily one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But I think some of that was the context as well. You know, Pat Shermer schemed Case Keenum into position to be successful, and he took advantage of those schemes, and he found really good wide receivers and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. And that worked really well for them. You know, I don't know what it's going to look like without Shermer there anymore. So maybe they do need someone who is a little bit more talented. But I don't think it matters that he's not necessarily the kind of guy that, you know, is worth whatever it is, 30-plus million dollars a year. That's really just Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is on that list. But because of the importance of quarterbacks today, if you're a free agent at the right time, that's just the money you get. Jared Dubin, CBSSports.com, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Jared, Teddy Bridgewater still waiting for official confirmation from the league that he indeed will be a free agent. Let's presume that's true. Understanding he had to come all the way back from that devastating knee injury. But if he gets to the marketplace, how much demand do you think would be out there for Teddy Bridgewater? 
It's an interesting question. I think it depends probably whether teams are looking at him as a starter, which I think he showed he could be before that injury, or whether they're looking at him as a backup. You know, he has the talent. I don't think there's any question there. It's obviously a question of, you know, what he's going to look like post-injury. If there's a team that needs sort of like a bridge starter, uh, you know, while they pick uh, a guy on the draft, I think he could be an interesting option there. If there's a team, I saw it floated Kansas City, that, you know, is looking for a veteran guy that is going to be a high-quality backup that could step in as a starter if you need him to. I think that makes a lot of sense for him, too. But I don't know if anybody's going to be willing to commit to him as, like, their surefire quarterback of the future. You know, even though he was a first-round pick a few years ago, when you have an injury like that, it's just so difficult to count on somebody like that. Number one pick is with the Cleveland Browns, and, and we know there's conversations about maybe grabbing a quarterback, but Saquon Barkley, I think, was so dynam- dynamic uh, in this last in this combine, knowing that they need a back as well. Give me your take on this maybe one of the times where you end up seeing uh, a running back go first in a very long time. I think it's possible. I don't necessarily know that that's the direction – I'd go in. There was a really good article over the weekend um, at SB Nation about how even though there are some running backs that have been, you know, quote unquote, transcendent players, that on average, the guys that get picked in the top 20, they're basically just as productive as every other running back around the league. They average the same amount of yards per carry over the last, I think it was 15 years or so. Backs that get picked in the top 20 average the same many yards per carry as every other running back in the league. And when you look at it, the cost of those players, for example, you know, he used um, uh, Jalen Ramsey and Ezekiel Elliott as a comparison. Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the league right now, he's only something like the 25th highest paid cornerback in the league. That's incredible value. Ezekiel Elliott's also one of the best running backs in the league, but he's like the third highest paid running back right now. So the marginal value at that position just isn't there. Even if you think Barkley is that kind of player, you're probably not going to be right just because teams are wrong in the draft more often than they're right. And just the, the marginal value cost for them at a position where, you know, the league has shown that they can find productive running backs pretty much anywhere. I don't know that I would go in that direction, even if I think he's the best player in the draft. I think, Jared, in my opinion, a lot of the pro Barkley sentiment also comes down to flaws connected to all the marquee quarterbacks, and that's the case mm-hmm. each year, but we can pick apart all five of the potential first-round quarterbacks if you want to include Lamar Jackson, not only based on what you saw over the weekend of the Combine, but body of work. Which quarterback do you think is going to be most impactful when they make it to the league? You know, prefacing this by saying that I haven't done all of the tape-watching that I'll eventually do just yet, You know, I I certainly see the idea of, you know, the upside that Josh Allen has that people talk about with he's, you know, quote unquote, looks the part. He's huge. He's got a cannon for an arm. He tested off the charts athletically at the combine. And that's the kind of thing that the league has tended to go for. But, you know, over the years, the league has not really been all that good at evaluating quarterbacks. That's why it has the highest bust rate in the first rounds of, you know, Anybody, you know, you take quarterbacks that are not necessarily traditional and you can find them and they can play really well. You need to build your offense around who the quarterback is. And I think that if you look at that, I mean, I I love Lamar Jackson. He is, I think if he went to the right offensive coordinator that knew how to build an offense around him and take advantage of everything that he can do, then he would be the best player. I'm just not confident that those offensive coordinators 
necessarily exist in the NFL because they tend to just be risk averse and they've been looking for the same kind of traits and quarterbacks for years. And I think that, you know, if you're looking at that, I would go probably with somebody more along, you know, the Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen line, just because those are the kind of quarterbacks that, that offensive coordinators are used to. And those are the kind of offenses they're going to design. But if it were me and I could design an offense from scratch and really build it around a player's skill set, I think I would go with Jackson, even if you do have the concerns about he's quote-unquote slighter than some of the other quarterbacks that you like out there. Mentioning evaluating the players, which I know they all are being evaluated, uh, but the young man coming out of UCF, uh, Shaquem Griffin, running a 4-3, 8 and a 40. Uh, we know he that doesn't awesome. have his left hand, but <laughs> I know, right? And he comes in and, and gives you 20 on the bench press of 225. And I got to be honest with you. When you see most these most of these players out here running four threes, when you look at their body types, I mean they're pretty chiseled. All due respect, mm-hmm. they're pretty chiseled. But we had an opportunity to see a young man as Sha- Shaquem Griffin come out and just shatter everything. How do you evaluate what he could potentially do on a football team? Because you have to be you have to assume he'll get drafted no later than maybe what the second or third round, maybe. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I think he came into the weekend as probably like a day three prospect. Um, you know, when you test out that well athletically, you know, I think it's possible he could move himself into the day two conversation. You know, I think if he had both of his hands, and it's weird to say it like that, but if he had both of his hands, he probably would be, you know, a mid to late day two prospect looking at what he can contribute as a pass rusher, as somebody that can make plays all over the field as a linebacker that also has experience as a defensive back. You know, he's a linebacker that, you probably don't have to take off the field in sub-package situations because he does have that speed and that athleticism. You know, there are organizations that I I would imagine might take him off their board entirely because they just wouldn't be able to figure out how to scheme around that limitation that he does have. And there are coaches that are going to say, you know what, the kid can play and he can make plays at all three levels of the defense. He can rush the passer. He can play the run. And, you know, he had interceptions in his college career. He seems to have really good instincts defending against the pass as well. And he does have experience as a defensive back. So there are coaches and organizations that are going to say, let's just do it and figure out what we can do with it. Garrett, we appreciate the information. Thanks for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.